Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Are you guys listening? If you're not, you're going to listen right now. Open your hearts. Loosen your butts. It's time for couples therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's Where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies Talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling To messy situationships and conscious and coupling From Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu Text, sex, regrets, so feeling on your new jubu They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah Needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it It's Hello, everyone, and welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Naomi. My name is Andy. And we're a real-life couple. A real-life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, we answer a couple of different questions from a couple of different listeners. Now, <laughs> a, a very a portentous gasp. Well, I'm incensed, incensed. And I think I have to talk about it. Okay, go on. Well, Andrew, as you know, but the listeners don't know, starting on Wednesday, we're recording this on a Friday. Mm-hmm. So it's just been the last couple days. Mm-hmm. I have been the victim of fraud. An attempted identity theft. It's torn the household apart with anxiety. As though we didn't have enough anxiety going on because all week I've been on the hook for jury duty and then spending every day not knowing my fate for and the then following day. We find out Khalees and Bill Murray are dating. It's too much at once. It's too much. Universe let up. All right. Let up. Too much is happening. Can I tell you that uh, Andy posted from the Couples Therapy Twitter account, you know, picture of Kale- the picture of Khalees and Bill Murray from one of the articles that are like they're dating and just writes us in 10 years. <laughs> and multiple people message me. Their big thing was, wait, is Andy older than you? Wait, is Andy 62? Because it says Bill Murray 72, I guess, in the article. And it's like, no, people no. take People take things a little too seriously. <laughs> a little too literally. <laughs> And it's like, yes, you are older than me, but you're not Bill Murray older than me. But, honey, if you don't keep up with your son's skincare, you may end up looking like Bill Murray before you're 72. Can I tell you, before we started taping, I looked in the mirror and I was just like, I look younger than I am. And not just that, because I was like, on my worst day, I probably look my age. Uh On my best day, baby. Early 30s. (laughs) Absolutely. I do think you look I think you look younger. I also think when I like. It's funny because, you know, we're not that far apart. We're be four years. So it's like not that. But so it's but it's like um, it's funny when you meet somebody who is your age, who looks weathered and worn. <laughs> and then you go, oh, OK, I'm doing fine. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because but because we don't have a lot of comparison and we're so, you know, we see our faces and are so self-conscious. You'll be like, how am I? And then you'll see somebody who looks like time has not been kind. Mm. 
or maybe they rebounded from a horrible addiction. Mm. Those are things that can really just ruin your skin and, you know. Or they're not using moisturizer. I slather that on. That is the thing, you guys. This is the big thing with picketing. I, I said, maybe I'm going to get in shape, but I may also develop a melanoma. Okay, the Lord may giveth and taketh away for mm-hmm. clocking in all these steps in this L.A. sun. Because you see some folks out here looking like a leather couch. Mm. Looking like a leather couch. Can that's get, been set on. Can you get ashy from the sun? I mean, it dries you, but it's not going to give you an ashy sheen. But, you know, I could be out here getting some burnt and melanomas if I don't put on my black girl sunscreen SPF 50. <laughs> yes, 50. Okay. Do you remember when I posted that picture of, remember when Cardi B yes. interviewed Bernie during, yes. was it 2020? I think so, yeah. And I said, it's, us in 10 years, same thing. It's like my favorite picture. Like whenever there's just like an elderly white man <laughs> and then just like this glistening, stunning black woman. And they're just like side by side. Cardi B and Bernie, I think especially it was the energy of them because I don't know if either knew who's the, who the other person was. The way the picture looked at me, like uh-huh. the the picture, st- like froze a moment where they were both like, "What's happening?" And I said, "Honestly, that's us in ten years, sitting on a couch side by side, going, what? What you say? <laughs> Wait, what you say? <laughs> that's gonna be us. watching season five thousand and six of House Hunters International. Oh, it's the only thing getting me through. It's the only thing getting me through. I think, oh, what would it be like to travel? Hmm. What would it be like to actually go somewhere with a real budget? Because these hoes on HHI don't be having no budget." They'd be like, I got 12 doubloons. Can I get a four-bedroom, five-bad? <laughs> no. Six Bazooka Joe comics. <laughs> can, I, can I get a mansion and, and I have, a Piccadilly Circus? I have 24 Beanie Babies to sell, <laughs> and I am looking for a mini-mansion in Scotland. Half the people on House Hunters International open up their wallet, and a moth flies out, <laughs> and then a button drops to the ground. <laughs> um... But I have to go back to my fraud real quick, okay? So I wake up Wednesday morning with a flurry of emails that are like, thank you for signing up. Thank you for, like, signing up for stuff like the cake shop, the photo studio, stuff in different languages. Like, I signed up for some stuff in Portugal. And I said, "Uh uh-oh, SpaghettiOs, my email address at the very least. But y'all, I be watching my money. I always say I grew up watching behind the music at a formative time in my life, so I watch my money. I watch my money. I watch my accounts. Okay. I'm checking on things, which also means I have credit monitoring and I've locked my credit. So you can't be trying to do nothing on my credit. And so I have two emails at the bottom of these like hundreds of like spammy looking things that are like, there's been a hard inquiry into your credit report. And it was like from American Express. And then I see one email that's like, welcome to American Express. I said, oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. And I called him right up. Andy, that was, for the record, really, he's lowering the volume on me as I talk. Because you really, you, you went into like Kate Pearson, B-52's Rock Lobster there for a second. I'm angry. <laughs> I'm angry. And so I was like, so I immediately, like, first of all, trying to find the, phone, the right phone number to call. Because it's like, I'm not an American Express customer, but a card has been opened in my name. So who is the fraud number I call? So I finally get somebody. And here's, and they're like, they're like, okay, you know, and I go through the process and they're like, okay, yeah, this this has been opened in your name, but the address that it's supposed to go to is not your address. It is fraud. And like the whole time they keep being like, ma'am, can I have your social security number? I go, no, because 
I'm already in too deep. You're I'm like, already at risk. Okay, I, can fine. I not give you my number? Fine. If, if you won't give us your social security number, just give us your bank number, exactly. your, your account number, your routing number, your PIN. That's all we need to verify that this is okay. And I'm like, no. I'm As you can imagine, I'm very wary about giving out information at a time where I'm being hacked and, per- and possibly stolen. Okay. And then they were like, by the way, do you know why they send you all those emails? Why you get signed up for a bunch of stuff? It's called, I don't know what it's called, but I'm calling it camouflaging Mm -hmm. because they're trying to hide the, the actual thing, which is the American express thing in with a flurry of 50 to a hundred. Yep spam emails really yeah you you look this up yeah yeah see that makes total sense because and quite honestly because it was literally i had to go to page three of my new emails this is also wednesday the first thing when i wake up this happened at approximately at least when i get the email from american express it happened at 909 a.m and i had and i'm waking up probably back from walking mabel at 10 something so i see all these emails and it was like on the third page and i thought and it was like again if i hadn't seen the transunion report Next to it, I would have thought it was fake. But because TransUnion said, hey, girl, someone tried to make an inquiry. But but because your account is frozen, they weren't they didn't do it. But it was American Express. But here's what I don't get, y'all, because I get this email. It's like your card is on the way. Well, if I don't froze the credit, how are you approving a card? Yeah. And the he, whole uh, point of freezing the credit is so you can't tell. Any and, accountants out there? Any people that work in finance or anything yeah, like that? Any how does that work? People, because I mean, I don't froze them all, and so I thought, what is? How are you getting it? And so, so that was Wednesday. They tell me it's all it's been settled. It's been marked as fraud. Okay, great. I didn't get an email this morning. It's like your card will arrive today. I again, hope you like buying things because <laughs> you're getting a card. <laughs> Call and you don't back. even have to, you know what? You don't even have to call in to get it activated. We already activated it on the way to you in the mail. And I called them up again this morning. I go, I have already called about this, but I need to know why a car would be going to somebody. If I told y'all within literally, if I told you within two hours of being quote unquote approved that this is fraud, why would a car be shipped out? Why are you shipping it out? Why are you shipping it out, y'all? And they're just, and basically the person on the phone, the fraud line, of course, is like, you know, it's just like an automated system, and so it just keeps rolling, even though, even though we've already marked it. But don't worry, when the f- card arrives to the person, they sh- they won't be able to use it. And I was like, okay, if you say so, and like you'll receive a letter in thirty days, you know, confirming that this has all been handled and blah blah. But to me, okay, I'm gonna get a letter in thirty days. But thirty days is a lot of time for somebody to do damage with a stolen credit card. Like, to me, I want, a, I want a letter in the mail within five to seven business days. I need to know it's shut down and also have proof so that if they start charging stuff, I can at least go to my banks, go to the credit and go, that wasn't me. This is the moment I shut it down. But I'm telling you, I'm doing all this. It's like every morning this week. I live it, live it. And it's also just like, I happen to have good credit, which is nice. But I mean, these people really got lucky taking the identity of somebody with good credit. Because what if you were still an idea, you like out here, you know, the way the hackers just kind of pick a name out of a Rolodex or a data breach and they're like, this person. Mm-hmm. What if you do that and the person is actually like, oh, your credit score is 12 and you're not allowed in the state of Tennessee anymore. Like, what if you just took the credit of somebody who ain't got nothing? They just got lucky that I got a good number. Well, they just yell at whoever the slave is that they're forcing to do this and then they just move on to the next one. You know who we need to talk to about this? Scam goddess. We need to talk to Lacey <laughs> Mosley about this. I, maybe we need to shift. And you know what? Because this is a perfect segue, though. Because I'm like, I got to talk to Lacey because Lacey will have answers. And you know when we can talk to Lacey next? When? At our live show, Andy. I knew it. I was playing dumb. <laughs> I know. You were setting it up. Do you want to talk about our live show? Folks. Folks. Let me tell you about this. <laughs> the first live show. I have not tread the boards. Mm. 
since March, what was it, 7th, 9th? March 5th. March 5th 20 of 2020 was the last live couples therapy show. Well, we're doing another one outside at Permanent Records Roadhouse, July 7th at 7 p.m. 7-7 at 7 p.m. Who, who we got, Naomi? I mean, we've got the one, the only Nori Reed. Hmm. We've got, as I said, scam goddess Lacey Mosley, who can help hopefully get to the bottom of this, okay? We've got Shantira Jackson. Mm. We're coming through with another special guest, honey. We're lining it up. We're lining it up, and we're going to have, we're going to be answering audience questions. So if you come to the live show, you can get your tickets. We got the link in the show notes. You know that. You know that. But if you come to the show, be, be ready with a juicy question that you're willing to share. You can be anonymous. Like, it'll be written down or whatever, but... Or not right now. You can come up and say it in the mic. I don't know the situation yet. Three minute limit still. Always. <laughs> always. Probably two minute limit live. Probably two if it's live. But bring a juicy cue. All right. And we will answer it. Now, if you don't live in LA and can't make it, guess what? Guess what? We still got you, boo. We are live streaming this show. It will be live streamed. There will be a link. You can watch it for, from the comfort of home. Mm-hmm. Isn't that gorge? Yeah. Make yourself some enchiladas. Mm. Sit on from Blue Apron. Sit on the couch. Not a sponsor. <laughs> sit on the couch and uh, cast it over from your phone. I guess I don't know. How do you do it on your on your well, I ca- TV? Well, I usually sign up. I do it on my laptop and then I'll cast it to the TV mm-hmm. and then I'm watching. There you go. And then I'm having that experience. It's like I'm there, but also I don't have to deal with strangers. <laughs> and that's sometimes gorgeous. The most perfect way to do anything. So that's even, the jam. Even before Coco started, we were like, yeah. <laughs> we were like fuck, fuck the world. It's so funny. Someone, uh, one of my dearest friends texted me and, and Megan Gailey. They're like, you guys want to go to the Beyonce concert? And I said, this should come as no surprise to either of you, but I don't like concerts. <laughs> and that has nothing to do with COVID. That has to do with not liking crowds, not liking standing so far away that I can't see the person anyway, except for on a giant screen. In which case, put me back in my house. With nobody stepping on my feet. People ain't singing a song so loud in my ear that I can't even hear the original version. Yeah. I've never seen a <laughs> large show like that where, let's see, I've seen Beastie Boys, uh, R.E.M., The Pixies, mm, Neil Young. I've never seen a giant show like that where I'm like, oh, that felt, I was so, it felt so good. It felt like mm-hmm. I was really like vibing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 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 It just you, didn't yeah. do anything for me. I like, now I can say this into a microphone. I saw those those people, but still not the Other best. Other than that, right, it wasn't, the experience itself was not the thing. No, no, it yeah. wasn't seeing a neutral milk hotel <laughs> before they were famous in a small club in Pittsburgh. <laughs> opening for Super Chunk. Speaking of neutral milk hotel, <laughs> I don't know how to get out of it. I just want to stop talking about bands. My point is, you guys, we have a Patreon. Yes, we do. We are two writers on strike also an actor who may very well be on strike Mm. at some point and you know what the patreon is the thing so if you have five dollars a month to spare we are bringing you two bonus episodes from just us me and andy if you like the intros imagine if you could listen to a long version of that with a whole lot more tea because it's behind a paywall (laughs) because you know your girl got loose lips and i'm ready to sink some shit. also i gotta say you know we we posted pictures of the butt plugs that we had made the couples Mm. therapy branded butt plugs Uh uh-huh posted them on the page a week early oh yeah the page gets the tea the page gets the tea so go to (laughs) patreon.com that's exciting therapy pod all right I, and I also said, you know what I'm going to do this summer, too? I am going to do a, a stand-up workout fun for the page. Yeah. And, I, and I'm going to make, my, make myself make it very loose, where I'm going to maybe take suggestions and answer prompts and see if that gets me to something. 
So that's another thing to get. Because obviously, the page, send a link out. You guys come join me. It'll be a fun time. Think about that. You know what else was a fun time? Today's episode. Whoo, child. Ain't that the truth? We are talking to the wonderful, the iconic, the talented Vincent Rodriguez the third. The sweet. Oh, so sweet. So sweetheart. Now, we knew and loved him for many years from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, but you can also watch him right now on season two of With Love on Amazon Prime. Now, this is a one-hour romantic dramedy, y'all, and Vincent plays Jorge's B.F. Henry. Okay, we love this. Romance, tenderness, (laughs) family entanglements, and drama created by the same brilliant woman, Gloria calderon Kellett who created one day at a time. Oh, so, great. I mean, come on. You know, this is the thing. You guys, without further ado, without further ado, we got to give you Vincent Rodriguez the third. Roll it. Vincent. Vincent. Yes. Vincent. Vincent. Yes. Vincent. We've called Andy, you here. Andy, Naomi. <laughs> you did. You, you, you called... You called me here. What am I doing here? <laughs> we said your name three times. You, you are like Beetlejuice. And so, and then you just appeared on the Zoom. <laughs> you were summoned. You were summoned but, to a but, Zoom. But with a very different voice. <laughs> and I saw it on double. Broadway a few times. <laughs> a few, a handful. I was going to say, that's going to double as your uh, audition for Beetlejuice 2. Now, <laughs> casting. Casting. Alex Brighton plays, uh, Alex Brightman plays it on Broadway, and, and he's an amazing actor. And I couldn't do it. Like, if you guys have actually heard the Beetlejuice musical, it's, I mean, he sings in that voice and he doesn't hurt himself. And I find that I'm, I'm like, he does a, a very specific thing. He did it. He, he, he shared it on a radio sh- um, interview. And I'm like, dude, how do you, eh, I can't. But right, anyway, I could right. listen to that guy's, I could listen to his voice for days. And that, that show is so fun. I'm not just saying that because I know people in it and I know the director and some of the creative <laughs> team. Actually, the writers. And uh, you know, the producer, little biased. Just, just <laughs> my, you know, my mom, she's in it. No, uh, <laughs> no, but I love me. I love musicals, and I love Beetlejuice. So it's funny you mentioned you mentioned it. But you you said my name three times. Here I am, Andy. I interrupted you. How dare no, I? <laughs> now tell him, Andy. You have to. That's you have podcasting one hundred and one interruption. What are you going to say to him? You have to say you have to set the intention for the episode. You said we oh. called you here, and I said, "What's your intention? If you're going to lay it out, lay it out." Oh, as always, I, I called say, you here <laughs> to do a searing look at your relationship <laughs> history. No, no, but you talked about before. You were talking about obviously, you know, like going on the road as a, like musical theater college student. Before um, we started recording, we should say we asked, "What do you go by, Vincent?" Vinny, Vince, Vincenzo. Uh, we said, what? "Oh, wait, that's fun." You guys just said all of them. <laughs> did you guys? Did you guys? Did you guys research me? <laughs> no. I read your Wikipedia article. There you go. I, I come in open because I kind of feel like, even though, because you can always be like, "Oh, this is an annoying question," but my thing is like. There's the story as you choose to tell it now. Do you know what I mean? Like what's already been written or something from or something that someone's like aggregated from a bunch of stuff may not be the way you choose to express yourself at this moment in time. Yeah. No. 100 percent. Yeah. I, I just thought that was funny. Like you really went through all the nicknames people t- <laughs> call me. You have I love it. I love it. I'm well, cool with goodness. it. We have to account. We have to account for all of it. But like, you know, 
when you said you were like, I was so excited to be there, I get this sense. And now you and I met years ago at a Vulture panel in New York for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend versus, I forget what the other show was. It was like, and you, and I'm going to tell you this. Orange is the New Black, I believe. it was versus Orange is the New Black. Yeah. And when I say, you did the NSYNC bye-bye-bye choreography on stage and did a backflip. And that's what I think of when I think of your energy. Like you're someone who's just like a bundle of energy and is like down, right? Because you were like, yes, I will do this choreography. Yes, I will do the flip. Like you don't have to ask me twice. And I'm wondering yeah. if you've always been that type of person. Well, I was raised by a Filipino family and and at every gathering, they make you perform. Oh, I'm just sorry. Say- they make you perform. Beats. Do the dance. I do the dance now, huh? Really? I can't. I'm not doing it very well. There's this, um, Joe Coy, who's one of my favorite oh, yep. comedians. Yep. And, and my, another Filipino comedian I really love, um, uh, Ron jo- Jossel. I can't, J-O-S-O-L. They, they do this. They do a great impersonation of their, of our Filipino, um, our Filipino, Elders making yeah, us do aunties, things. Mommies and aunties. Uh, Joe Coy's mom. Yeah. Titas, titos. Oh yes. Oh, his mom. Oh yeah. It's it's true. It's all true. It's all true. <laughs> so wait, that's a stereotype? Well, it's it's a common thing like for Filipino Filipinos to make fun of the accents of their elders and how they were talked to. Um I think it's a form of affection. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I meant the dancing thing. No. <laughs> oh, no, I meant. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, the <laughs> Filipino relatives have a tendency to, they notori- like, notoriously have an accent. That That's that's the stereotype, which we perpetuate by making this joke. Because not all of them do. But it's fun. It's funny. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, and, you know, it's it's how we grew up. They We were loved so much. And we were asked to do a lot of different things. And they didn't always... <laughs> They didn't always, you know, line you up and set you up in the, in the best way. It was very, it's very much dance, monkey dance, uh-huh. you know, cause, oh cause, cause, <laughs> yeah. cause they don't, well, cause they don't realize like what we're doing is it's really, it's personal. Like some, like when we perform, it's, we're, we're, we're young. We're not, we don't quite have a relationship to what our thing is, you know? So I'm sure there were some kids that were like, you know, sing and like, oh, and like they perform like on the spot because they were like Rachel Berry from Glee, played <laughs> yeah. by Leah Michelle. Um, because I was like spot on. I'm like, I get that character. <laughs> like that's we every musical theater enthusiast like has a sliver has has like a percentage of Rachel Berry in them. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm, I did, mm-hmm. I definitely did too. But but yeah, I was I was a little shy as a kid. You know, I wanted to perform. I wanted to do it, but. At a young age, I wanted, I wanted to really do it. You know what I mean? Like I, like I meant it. Like it wasn't yeah. just play. It was like I, you know, it's, you know what I'm saying? Like when it's something that's really close to you. So, um, but, but yeah, I, I can tell you quite honestly, there's been a few, I've, I have a few memories of being at my aunt's house in, in Fremont and, um, my aunt would gather people the family and relatives around the piano and I'd play something for them or I would play the saxophone or my clarinet or I'd sing a song. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and dancing wise, I was always kind of dancing around. And I remember as a kid, there would be like some, like a kid, kid, like, I don't know, 10, eight to 10 or something. And we'd be at some Filipino event. Um, I say it that broadly because 
I didn't always know whose house it was, who <laughs> these people were. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're a kid, you're along you for know? the ride, come on, we're going. Get in the car, we're going yeah. to this thing, and then you're going to run around with other kids, and I'll just tell you when it's time to go. Yeah, and oh, and and some of these people you're re- you're related to, right. and some you're not. I'm like, okay, no name tags, no right. help. All right. So anyway, uh, but yeah, I I have a memory of like being in a funky sweater and and being backstage somewhere because there was a community hall and a stage. I happened to be a stage, and and I was like, I think I'm gonna perform on that stage. I better go rehearse. Oh, and like I just got there. I love I'm like, it. Rehe- I love it. Oh my gosh! But I was all. But I was also the kid who um, I'm surprised I haven't told this story more often. In second grade, I was in a talent show and I got my neighbor Crystal to be my dance partner. And I remember my eldest sister Suzanne. She was she offered to be my chore- the choreographer. And at the time, Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation was very popular, mm. and I was obsessed with it. And my youngest sister Rowena, she was a cheerleader, and she would have um, dance. Um, rehearsal at, mm-hmm. at, at our house at the time, which was huge. We only lived there for like one year, but it was this huge house in San Diego. Um, and, uh, so I remember loving choreography. There was something about watching a group of people synchronizing themselves movement wise and doing choreography that evoked an emotion or an idea or a feeling. Uh, I know that sounds far, pretty far fetched for a young kid, but now that I'm an adult, that's exactly what it is for me. Mm-hmm. And so I have a, um, it's not just the caffeine I just drank. It's actually <laughs> like, I have that, I have that kind of passion in me. So, so like I really loved choreography and I remember watching Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation and I knew exactly mm-hmm. how to, and then, you know, I, yeah, I, yeah. I knew my direction changes and I knew the choreography and my sister, I, I remember saying to my sister, sis, it's not sis, it was like, Ate, Ate is how, how you, Talk to your elderly sister. So, Ate, Ate Sue, why can't we do the original choreography like Janet Jackson does? And she's like, because your second grade friend Crystal can't do the original choreography to a professional pop star. I was Dump say, Crystal, like, get her out of here. I was, I was like, I was like, you do Rhythm Nation, but did Crystal know Rhythm Nation? Because <laughs> I said, get you can't together. be bringing Crystal in and be like, Crystal, one and know. two. <laughs> Can't, I think we have to. I think we have to let Crystal go. Oh, I, don't, she, I don't know. She's, and not, she's like, getting it. You invited me here, and then she just like walks back home. <laughs> and she and she was sassy too, so it was like it was fine. It all it all worked out great. But that uh, was I. I remember that moment. I just thought, whoa, Van, you're like really into you're really into things. You're like <laughs> into things. Um. So to answer your question, Naomi, yeah, it always. <laughs> Always. Uh, I I was pretty into things um, as a kid. Uh, as an adult, it's it's interesting how it's changed because you know it's all it's it, now it's like oh shit, there's like a real world and ups and downs and twists and turns. And I actually found that now that after the pandemic and after the last few years, dance has actually been a huge form of like healing and therapy and mm. expression for me. Kind of like. I would equate it to someone who journals or if you write or you go, you like to go for a walk or maybe you like to go for a hike or you like to cuddle up to a book. Like everyone has their way of recharging themselves. Um, for me or, or recharging themselves or expressing themselves so they can feel like they're, they're in touch with themselves. That, that's what dance became for me. Um, anything physical 
Mm-hmm. So martial arts was was really like the first flashy thing I I saw as a as a as a as a kid um that made me want to kind of jump up and, and go do it um after dance it was really dance first martial mm-hmm. arts was not first um I actually saw them very similar and I remember growing up thinking you had to pick one and then I saw like you know Michael Jackson Gene Kelly Fred Astaire and I just thought oh you don't have to pick one because yeah. Gene they're, Kelly was very athletic, yeah. and you know, yeah, yeah, they're they're close. So, protected. When we, Naomi was just saying this. We just watched John Wick Four, right? And I was like, I call it Bloodsby Berkeley because it's giving you bloody choreography. Yeah, it is. It's we just said, yeah, yeah, it's musical theater for men who don't know how to name their emotions. Right. You. Oh my god. <laughs> Can we just make that the teaser that opens up my this interview for when you send it out, <laughs> and just me going. You figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 you, it's all because look at look at just it's all choreography. That's what they do. Right. That's what the, the director said. Right. That and that's what we like watching. Time. I think we like it's not necessarily. Oh, we want to watch someone. Get no, it's horrifying. No, we want to watch watching how him it comes together in the space. People in the head for two hours is horrifying. Right. Like, I don't enjoy that. In fact, like there are certain parts where I just close my eyes, but it is the oh, movement yeah, through the space. It is the like. Uh, there's uh, uh, if you haven't seen it, there's this uh, sequence towards the end where he's climbing stairs, and it might as well have been singing in dancing. the rain. Yeah, yeah exactly. like it might, might as well, yes. well just the way he's exactly. going down. Like, like give him uh, <laughs> give him an umbrella. Right? Exactly. Oh, that would have been dope. Then he would have killed someone with, with an umbrella. Through the umbrella, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And you would have been like, "This is oh, gorgeous." Gene Keanu. You guys, no, you know what? You, you guys are 100 percent right. I'm going to make a very interesting side by side comparison. So John McFour. And let's say Gene Kelly in Singing in the Rain with the Umbrella. You gave you give Gene Kelly an umbrella and a song about rain. He's going to find ways to dance in the puddles. He's going to like, oh, if I'm on the street, then I would use a sidewalk. There'd be puddles in the sidewalk. Oh, there could be, um, you know, if, if you're underneath an awning, the water could. He put all that in that number. Mm-hmm. He, 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 like I can imagine Gene was in rehearsal with that umbrella workshopping it like this that's what artists do they go into an empty space they have a prop they have music they have an idea and they build it just like an improviser like when i took ucb 101 like you have it you a you know a idea b idea c idea and you build it as a group as you as you improvise and build the story build the reality of the scene um now i'm really getting into some weird <laughs> stuff here hey hopefully, hopefully everyone listening is following along but um but the creative process is is very fascinating and that's something that um i've learned to develop over time and even in the last i'll say i'll say yeah during the pandemic i artistically i grew a lot i started going mm-hmm. to a different acting school i started reading um uh new books about about really art not really about art, <laughs> more like about how human beings can do impossible things and how our minds work and how our, our health, our mental fitness works, how our spirits work, how we, how just, how human be mm-hmm, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, like I started, um, reading stoicism and, and, um, looking into like a lot of, I don't, I don't want to say like self help. It's really more like, actual science-based tools that human beings use to do extraordinary things like, you know, work all day, which is <laughs> not something we're supposed to do. You know, we need to rest and stuff. But like, but what, like I used, cause, cause I used to wonder like why 
when you're creative, are we so hungry? And why does the writer's room have snacks everywhere? And why are they always eating? <laughs> or on set, why am I always eating? And I honestly, I didn't know this, guys. Like, if you think about it, if you're on set and you're, you're acting on set or you're a writer on set or any creative on set, you're, you're in a kind of a constant state of movement and thinking and mm-hmm. energy flow. You're, 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 maybe you're passionate with a friend or just chop, you know, just talking about stuff, but sometimes you're doing your job and, and, and you're just, you're not stopping really. You're just kind of always engaged, always curious, always thinking, always building, always, um, being, uh, faced with a problem and being asked to come up with a solution. And then you're always uh, collaborating with other people to come up with the best possible solution. And sometimes the best possible solution isn't yours or it's not the best, but it is the solution you come up with and you do it anyway. And then you have this new kind of feeling of like, I made something with a bunch of other people and that can take energy and yeah. so hence the fruit roll-ups the gushers <laughs> and the rice rollers and the and it was like oh i did it now work. how long have you been married uh i think it's gonna be eight years oh my goodness in august wow yeah we, yeah, we got married right oh my gosh you guys i got married my first day filming season one of crazy ex-girlfriend really I shot, it was the, it was the store scene where, um, Rebecca runs into Josh and Josh is with his girlfriend Valencia and she's fantasizing. She's like looking at them and they're getting, you know, ice cream or something. But of course in her and through Rebecca's eyes, the fog's rolling out of the fridge. She looks so voluptuous. You know, we, we we played it up. So we shot that scene. I made out with Gabrielle Ruiz, who <laughs> plays my girlfriend, Valencia. That was the first day of shooting season one after we shot the pilot. The director, Don Scardino, who was apparently the original Jesus Christ in Godspell on Broadway. What? On Broadway. Yeah. Which made me freak the hell of out. Course. I was like, what? What? Broadway. Broadway. I'm like, ah! Um, cause so, so I, so he, so he's like, Hey, hey, Vinny, guess what? We, we shot all your coverage. So, and I'm like, what now? I didn't know. I didn't know what a. I didn't know what a marker was. I didn't know eyeline. I was a TV film newbie when they hired me on Crazy X. Mm-hmm. I affectionately call Crazy X Girlfriend the four years I spent on Crazy X Girlfriend like my Hollywood film school. Wait, wait, yeah, Vincent. You seem like a very. You're talking to a depresso and an ankh show. <laughs> ankh show <laughs> is what we're calling anxious. An uh-huh. Anxious person. You seem not just full of energy, as, as Naomi pointed out at the very beginning, but uh, a positive person. Yeah, even keeled as well. I would say more. What even keeled like keeled over into the positive section. Yes, but also I think like the. I mean, the, the way you're talking about this is very sort of like both. Um, sympathetic and pragmatic. You know what I mean? Like it's both giving kind of the the head and the heart of the situation. Yeah, I'm just. Uh, how, how are you staying positive? <laughs> is the question I'll, that I want to know. I'll be, I'll be uh, honest, man. Um, I've actually been going through depression and anxiety in the worst way the last mm. few months. I lost a, a mentor mm. this uh, past Thanksgiving, mm. and it was really, Sorry. it really hurt me. Yeah, thank you, thank you, appreciate that. And I share that now in this way, not having planned being this vulnerable, but I've been learning through doing and through facing my fears um, to kind of 
I didn't mean that to be a crazy ex-girlfriend quote, but it did <laughs> a lot of good songs. Sorry. No, no, <laughs> Rachel, her genius. Yeah. But, um, but you know, the show, I didn't, I, I didn't realize that I would have the experience of going through a lot of similar themes that the, that crazy ex-girlfriend touched upon. I kind of knew that it, it was likely to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, but here, here, here it happened and, and man, it's scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, I've been dealing with depression, anxiety, PTSD. I've been seeing a therapist. I just went back on antidepressants. They're so not a big deal. Yeah. Um, but they are a big deal, but they're also not a big deal, but everyone should do whatever works best for them. Yeah. And, every, and all drugs do different things and have different risks. Oh but, yeah. Our um, listeners know Vince. Okay. Cause we mean to so, Hammett, cause your girl went okay, off cool. a wellbutrin and then we had to go as, as a listenership. We all had to go on that journey. <laughs> so then, yeah. You know. It's, 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 it's been why, like I've been having all these conversations about what it takes to brave the wilderness. Yes. Brene Brown. Um, <laughs> I will keep doing that throughout this interview because I've, I have read some books and li- yeah. listened to a lot of podcasts, a lot of YouTube videos. Um, uh, I, some, uh, there's a lot of things in pop culture I may not know about, but I know me some, I know me some Brene Brown. Okay. <laughs> yep. And, yep. you know, some Mel Robbins, some Simon Sinek, Joe Dispenza, like some <laughs> stoicism. Like I am. I'm, I'm learning myself. I'm learning how to exist in this world and to cope as best I can. Um, so to answer your question, uh, it's actually something, um, I heard Kristen Bell said, I cultivate a positive outlook on life. I choose to be this kind of person. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to be this kind of person. It's in me. Um, and, uh, and it just felt weird the last few year or so to not feel like that person and to be faced with these, these emotional challenges of how to cope with life. That, that that's really what it was. I just had a problem processing how things didn't make, how things <laughs> did not make sense, right. even though life is messy and things don't make sense. Or my buddy on with love, Desmond Chum, who plays Nick, he, he, he came up with a beautiful quote through after one of our talks um, at a, at a, on a lunch break or something. He says, life is messy. Everyone is beautiful. Mm. And I just thought, damn, that that's, that's good stuff, Desmond. Cause that, <laughs> that, that's it. Cause I, so, so yeah, I, um, I appreciate you saying like I'm a positive person because I am. I, and I do have the, the head and the heart and I go back and forth a lot. Yeah. Um, but I've been, I've been getting to know that part uh, of me in the yeah. last few years. Um, as a result, it's, it, it's been really difficult in ways I didn't anticipate. Um, and I've had to talk, call, talk to a lot of friends from my past and, uh, be reassured that this was good for me. (laughs) Uh Is is your husband a positive person? He and I are very different. He's more introvert. I'm more extrovert, even though we both have tendencies towards the opposite. So like when I, when, when we met each other, he was more of an introvert than he is now. And I was more of an extrovert than I am now. And now I have a bit, now I'm more balanced. Mm-hmm. I have my introverted 
ness and my extrovertedness. So I, you know, we're both ambiverts, but, but he still leans towards introvert for sure. Uh And I lean towards extrovert. There's just moments where we need, where we're the opposite. Yeah. 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 And so like, like when, when you think of like opposites attract, I don't know if it's about opposites, but, um, I kind of think of it as when you're on a team, the people on your team aren't good at everything you're good at. They are strong where you're weak and vice versa. Um, and that came up a lot actually in, uh, with love because people were asking me like, well, how are, how is Henry and Jorge different? And, <laughs> and so that, you know, and, and I just kept thinking about like my real, my, my marriage and how, you know, you really do when you're looking for a partner, you want someone who's going to compliment you. And so you might not always see eye to eye. Uh, but as long as there's unconditional love and support and a shared value system, then you guys can find a way to progress and you can literally figure it out. But I think that's the part that kind of spooked me because I spent so long in New York city, um, pursuing musical theater, you know, being a chorus boy, um, Catherine Burns, our choreographer for Crazy X, says, Vinny, you're such a, you're such a big heart. You're, you're, you're a chorus boy at heart. Like you love <laughs> being a part. You of love being a part of, of the group. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and, and she's not, she's not wrong. I, if you were to ask me, what's your favorite kind of show to be a part of? I'd say an ensemble cast. Mm-hmm. Hands down. Ra- Rachel Bloom. And Aline Brosh McKenna and the company of Crazy Ex-Girlfriends spoiled me for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. They really did. But um, but I really love being a part of a group effort. I just love working on a team. Uh, that's like my favorite thing ever. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why I really love dancing, because uh, you don't you don't always have to talk to dance. I'm gonna throw something at you. I was thinking. I'm a shitty actor and a shitty dancer because I'm not connected to my body because there is this kind of brain body disconnection there going on. Uh, I wonder if you are, you're positive because you, you are fully embodied. You are fully in the world. The connection, right? The connection is whole, but the connection is whole. It's not, there's not this like, (laughs) there's not like a phone line, you know, like in uh, movies where someone's cut the phone line and they pick up the the handheld the whole time. Yeah, no, no, I get it. And and you see it snipped open and they're just holding the, uh, yeah, yeah. The cord. Yeah. 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 It's not a broken cord. It's not a broken wire. Yeah. 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 Between the two. And Naomi, you're halfway. Well, I'm very self-conscious because I've also been taking um, an acting class. And for me, it's been because I know every time I'm faced with an audition, I am not having fun with it. And it is me trying to do it the way I think they want it to be done. And I'm right. like, I got to get over this. And I think a big thing, too, is, of course, it doesn't help then that I'm doing it at home. I'm doing it over Zoom. I'm do- you know, It's just too hard for me to be in it because it's like my dog is walking by then I go you're not going to book it anyway then I go you know all these things and so what's the practice of getting rid of all of that self-consciousness to actually as you're kind of talking about being present and having fun and not worried about this perfection of it all you know what you just said it um part of it is uh I'm just going to add to what you just said because you already said the answer um you being present um having fun and letting go of the perfection. Letting go of the perfection is, uh, letting it be what it's going, to, whatever it's going to be. But in terms of like my connection to myself and like my voice or my body, kind of like what you're saying, Yandy, with like you feels like sometimes there's a disconnect. I think sometimes that happens because we learned 
we learned to disconnect it. Um, like we were critiqued or heavily, heavily judged when we were kids, you know, childhood trauma, which is very common for human beings. Like someone said, Hey, you know, you sound like, like you're a kid and you're just like, ah, la, la, I'm going to sing cause I like this song, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and like, you're like, and, and for, for, for some, the parent goes, Hey, stop singing. You sound horrible or that's loud. Some kids go, mm. I don't care. I'm gonna <laughs> and they just keep going <laughs> because, cause, cause they enjoy it too much to stop. So they keep going. But then there's another version where the parent goes, stop, that's too loud. And the kid stops and goes, and that kid will never sing again. Mm -hmm. Seems familiar. I was going to say, yeah, exactly. That idea of like, this is too loud. This is not. My big thing is I think people use a lot is like the notion of propriety. I think there's no quicker way to shut someone down than that's not appropriate. Mm. Because we use propriety because it also serves as a way of shaming. And I think shame is a hard one to let go. I think you shame somebody at a critical juncture in their life, it's a wrap. And whatever it is. I'm leaning away. (laughs) I'm coming back. I'm coming back. But it gets you, okay. and I think a big thing, I think especially with kids, you know, so much of what we're taught is like where, what you say, and like when it's okay to say it, and when you do this, and no, we're in the yeah. grocery store, the grocery store is not for dancing, and like, you know, whatever, the little things kids can do, and there's a difference between don't do that, you might kick someone, or you know, being aware of your surroundings, and yeah. also don't do that, that's wrong, that's that's inappropriate. And or I that's embarrassing. Embarrassing. Like Ooh. those things. What like, will people those, think? Those are the phrases that I think take the longest to unpack and the longest to let go of. More than more than just like, you know, don't don't sing in church. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I remember I used to in church, a woman, I didn't realize that I appreciate because like I've always been um as a kid, it was always like, Naomi talks too much. It's so inappropriate. And this woman in church, they're always, they would always give me candy. And apparently they were giving me candy so I would suck on the candy and stop talking. But that didn't work. I now had candy and I had a story to tell. And I just like, thought, no, no, no. Exactly. Just like imagine you with your like, holding t- How would you do that? I had a sucker. You just kind of hold it. Like, so anyway, so I was like still sucking. It was even more annoying. But it was like the subtle way of saying like, stop doing what you're doing. Which is like, in a way, it's like, oh, if you really wanted to shut me down, it would, it would be like turning around and going, stop talking or you'll go to hell. Like, that's if you really want to shut me up. You should have put a little shame on it because the candy was just like a nice surprise. And my mother was like, they're giving you candy so you stop talking. Mm. And I was like, well, maybe church should be boring then. Yeah. If you want me to be riveted. if you, Yeah. Maybe make these Bible stories more like the Care Bears. <laughs> and then I won't talk about them so much. Exactly. Wait, I want to take this energy because I want to at least yeah. answer one question. Yes, we have to answer one, one question because so, Vince has oh, a sure. lot of information to share. So why don't we take a quick break? And when we get back, we're going to answer your advice questions. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And we're back, honey, here to help you handle your scandal. Vincent's been on a journey. Vincent, I got one question. How'd you meet your husband? Oh, yeah, we'd love to know how you Oh, man. Um, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the short answer. Okay. And then not really go into details. We met on an app. Oh, okay. <laughs> an online, an online meeting. Okay. Yeah. But, but what, what I can share is, um, this was in New York. And, and at the time I was looking for him, I was coming off of a, a breakup a few months. Yeah. And I was, uh, I was kind of done looking, mm-hmm. but then again, I was getting advice from friends saying, Hey, when you stop looking, yes, I think that's when you're going to find him. I said, well, okay. So does that mean I have to be okay with myself? <laughs> and that's what I, and I did. And that's, but that's really what happened. Like I, 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 I met someone, um, and, uh, they, they opened the door to some, some new ideas and, and new thoughts on relationships and some of the things that they were saying I didn't quite agree with and things didn't end well with that person. And so, uh, I was like, all right, peace out. You know, I got to move on. I got to, I got to do me. And then, um, and then I was on this app and I saw this photo of a guy and it, I mean, it wasn't even in focus they weren't this person wasn't even looking at the camera but i just saw something a kindness a sweetness uh Mm. in them and then um and i reached out and at the time i didn't have a (laughs) gosh you guys my photo didn't have a head (laughs) it was just my it was just my torso it was just my torso you had to let him know what you're working with Uh i was being i was being discreet um (laughs) This is before I was really pursuing TV and film and all that stuff. Um, you know, so I was, I was being kind of, I was trying to be safe, uh, discreet. I, I, I'll, I'll use the word discreet because we, we all, we, we need, we all have our personal, our personal things mm-hmm. to each is to each their own. So I reached out and I tried to ask him out for like a drink one night and he's, he was like, no, dude, like I'm, this too, too short notice. Like I need more than a night. And then okay. I'd ask him wow. like, what about tomorrow night? And he was like, no, I need more than two nights. And, <laughs> and then, you know, and I just kept bugging him and he was like, next week I'll meet you for dinner. Fine. And, um, we met for dinner. Uh, we ate at a restaurant in Hell's Kitchen, which is no longer there. I was late because I ran into Jonathan Groff. 
True story. Because <laughs> uh, we're friends. <laughs> I did fame with him at North Shore Music Theater, which was his first job after he got off the non-equity tour of Sound of Music as okay, well. Okay, I love that you know it was non-equity. <laughs> you have oh, these details. <laughs> girl, girl. I'm, I've been around. Um, all right. <laughs> no, I just, you know, you guys, I, I really, I love, I love what I do. I love the memories I have from the shows I did. Like, you don't understand. I love musicals so much. Uh-huh. Wait, take us back um, to the restaurant. So you're late. Yeah. Because you run to Jonathan Yeah, so I'm late because Jonathan Groff. So, you're like, so I get, hey, I know I kept asking you out. Sorry I'm late. The power moves back and forth. I can't take it. <laughs> I finally I finally get there. I'm a little behind. And he's like, he, I see him like, hey, he needs a doorbell. And, and he shakes my hand. And I and I pull him in. I'm like, oh, like I'm a, I'm a hugger. And we hug. Now, just, just put a bookmark on that hug. Because I was like, hmm. Sweet. So we had dinner. He's really shy. He doesn't talk a whole lot. I get him to, and I realize like, all right, if I need more out of this guy, I gotta, I gotta get him a few drinks. <laughs> so we went to a, went to, went, went to a bar, um, in Hell's Kitchen and chatted. That bar's still there. Thank God. Uh, and, um, and he opened up a bit more. I mean, chatted and, and we just, and since that night, we never stopped seeing each other. Uh, and, I was, and I was supposed to go back to D.C. I was supposed to go to D.C. and, and do a show. I was doing Oklahoma at Arena Stage um, for the second time because <laughs> um, it was a it was a popular run of the show. And um, and uh, he I got there. I was in rehearsals first week. He texts me and says, hey, so my work doesn't usually do this, but they're sending me to Washington, D.C., and I went, oh, well, that's cool. Um, when are you going to be here and where are you staying? He was like, well, I don't have a place to stay yet. It's it's very odd that they would send me there. But uh, I just wanted to let you know. I was like, well, if you need a place to stay, crash with me. And so we thought we were going to take this break from dating. Mm-hmm. And, and that break didn't last very long because yeah. fate, as fate would have it, yeah. like his work sent him to D.C. I was like, that's a sign, right? Yeah. And so we kept dating. And then, um, and yeah, it just went when we we went from there. It's just, and, and we never stopped seeing each other. And so, um, yeah, it will be married eight years, um, eight years this August. And, uh, the day we got married was the first day I made out with Gabrielle Ruiz. Right. It all happens. Right. It all happens. Okay. This is a beautiful love story. <laughs> okay. So now we have to answer because this, okay. Now, okay. Now, Vincent, you know, people, they send us, they send us messages, DMS, voicemails, voicemails are the favorite. Okay, because you can hear where they're at emotionally. You can hear the tension, the crack in the voice. That's what we got for for you today. Thank goodness. Okay. What's that number? (laughs) 323-524-7839. I told y'all. Three-minute limit. Three-minute limit. So y'all got to just, you got to wrap it up. Okay, you guys? (laughs) This one's encroaching on that. I'm just going to say This one's encroaching, but I think they they hit it, though. Thank goodness. Here we go. Okay, I have no way, like, written out what I was going to say. Um... But I totally will make this under three minutes. Um, there we go. Although I probably should have planned out. Anyways, I'm a recent follower. Um, uh, my name is Victor. They then pronouns. Um, and I'm just obsessed with you guys. I'm so obsessed with you guys. The, the podcast is amazing. You guys are amazing. Andy Naomi, you guys are so funny, and you guys have such a healthy and like and and, and unique relationship. But, um, yeah, recently I, um, I, I'm not, I don't really like date a lot. Like I came out like late, I'm gay, um, and I'm black, um, and I'm 29. 
and um, I haven't really abused a lot because I just don't like that feeling of like you know having to be vulnerable with somebody and then like if it doesn't work out having to take that that back mm-hmm. and every once in a while I'll like have a because you know I, I am currently seeking a therapist and um, like with how fast these apps go and whatnot like grinder and stuff. Um, it's rare that I'll like really like tune into a conversation or, or, you know, with the guy instead of rather than just like having sex and then like sending them on their way. But I recently like, you know, I was having a vulnerable night and I just like opened up to this guy about like, you know, me wanting to pursue my like dance career and whatnot. Um, and like how I was going to do that and tie in my, my, degree because I have to take that because my parents are Caribbean and like you think they would never take dance seriously and uh, I would have to do something like law or health but um and like I I first opened up to him and we had like a great conversation and like I asked to 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 go on a date and the next day he just like completely like blocked like like ghosted me like and disappeared and like it, it was it was jarring because like I never told anybody like about me wanting to you know minor in dance you know in, in college and stuff like that. So I just like I don't know I don't know what to do. I have ten seconds left, but I I don't know what to do. I, when when to be vulnerable with people? When? Okay, first of Whoa. all, before we get into this, now, Andy. First of all, the fact that Andy like good thing Andy picks the questions but doesn't listen to the whole thing, and here we have a gay man with a passion for dance. For Vincent Rodriguez, I mean, what are the odds, Andy? You Once have to again, sight. You I, have to sight. You I, have to I am a demigod. <laughs> you <laughs> pick the question. You're welcome. <laughs> Andy is a demigod. I was just listening to Lin Manuel Miranda's "You're Welcome" from Moana. Uh, but it's me. Uh, it's you. I mean, so that's a. I mean, perfect question. But this idea, okay? So basically, they're talking about like having a vulnerable night with a person talking about these things and talking about their dreams, you know, really opening up. And then this person just ignoring, like shutting it down. Not not just like, not just like being like, Hey, this is not, I don't know if I, I just wanted to hook up. I didn't want uh, this talk, but like just Mm. ghosting them. Right. Which is like even worse. Right. That's like, uh, you know, it yeah. hurts. Ghosting still hurts, no matter how many fun little memes we have for it and how we try to make it seem like it's an everyday occurrence. Ghosting hurts. But then this larger question of when to be vulnerable. And this is the thing where... It's like a missing persons thing. You don't know what happened to them. That's the ex- Yes, That's of the- course. And I mean, especially if this is... A, yeah. I mean, as people... I grew up in New York. Andy and I met in New York. So I feel like also there's something about, you know, New York is a large city where you can somebody can fall off the face of the earth like literally you will never see them again you'll be like i thought we had a connection and then it's like they don't even exist on the planet anymore you're not running into them in a coffee shop you know uh but this question of when to be vulnerable you know and it, and it can be so hard yeah. because 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 you you caller you know had this night with this person but this person d- doesn't know your backstory Meaning they don't know that this isn't necessarily like, oh, this person has stepped outside of their comfort zone by telling me this information. And this was a very big, important 
reveal or conversation for them. Do you know what I mean? Like when you're engaging with someone, they don't necessarily know, like it can be a big deal for you or it can be an emotional stepping stone, but that person receiving the information doesn't come in necessarily knowing the value of what has been given to them. Do you know what I'm saying? Information wise? No, I totally get it. I feel for this, I feel for this, um, for this caller. And I, I would, I would, I would, if they were to ask me for advice, I would say, keep being vulnerable mm. with people. Yeah. And, and if you ask me why, it would be, I would say, because that's how you're going to find your person. Absolutely. That's your bait. They didn't dig your bait. Next. They're not the right person. I have had so many meaningful, deep conversations with people I barely knew on a set, uh, at a coffee shop, at a grocery store, brief moments, um, where we had some kind of opportunity to share information about one another. Hmm. Uh, and these moments were vulnerable, vulnerable moments. We didn't share social security numbers or childhood <laughs> traumas. It was really just compassion, empathy. Mm -hmm. And if that's something that you want, it sounds like this caller wants that, then that's the bait. If you want that, then that's what you put out there. And then that means you expect back someone to receive what you have to give and to hear it and to respond to it. And if they don't, not, not the person's not right for you. So it's going to hurt because you're going to get rejected. But, um, I think of rejection, I, I think of rejection as a process of finding the right fit because for every, for every yes that you want in your life, whether it's a job or a person or a thing or a goal, that yes has a certain size. And the size of that yes um, will determine how many no's it's going to take to get to it. So mm. if you want something that's really easy, yes, it'll take a few no's. But if you want something that's a bigger yes, it'll take a few more, more no's. <laughs> <laughs> but the more no's, they stack up and they topple over into a yes. So um, – from personal experience, caller, have I been the guy who's overshared, been vulnerable and been ghosted or thought I was or uh, told I was too much or too emotional or too too anything? Absolutely. Uh, do I still get told that by people I love? Yes, sometimes <laughs> I do. <laughs> but that's the thing is that that's a part of who you are, caller. You're a beautiful person. And um who whoever you're meant to be with is going to love hearing about your passion and yeah. your vulnerability. And they're going to actually need that from you because, um, you know, I'll just say it like, get that book, get Brene's book, braving the wilderness vulnerability. It's not just because vulnerability isn't actually weakness. Yeah. It is a strength and the way, and I've, I've, I've done my little bit of research on it too, because I was asking myself that same question. Like, do I want to be that vulnerable? Like, oh my gosh. And I had to really unpack this question for myself because as an actor, um, you don't want to hold yourself back. Like I had to ask myself, wait, Vinny, am I 
am I holding myself back because I'm too afraid to be vulnerable? Well, my job is to be vulnerable. My job is to find the vulnerability in any character so that they, they just, they exist and, and they live and they breathe and they feel in that moment. And then that moment is a part of a story that helps get, send a certain message, you know? Um, and that message usually is positivity or love or, you know, has some healing element to it. And so vulnerability is like a huge part of how we make art. It's a huge part of the human experience, the spiritual experience. And if you're, experiencing people not loving your vulnerability, then maybe those people aren't right for you. And maybe the lesson to take away is they're not right for me. Right. I think so. I fully agree with that. And I think it's true. It's like, you know, you have to put out what you hope to receive, right? Whether that's positivity, whether it's empathy, whether it's, you know, reciprocating your reveal. But also I think there's another layer to this, right? Because I also think our caller is dealing with you know, you have a lot of fear and anxiety about your chosen path. You know, talk about wanting to be a dancer and saying like, you know, my parents are Caribbean. They would never take dance seriously. There's a lot wrapped up in what you were saying to this person. So, for instance, you have this stuff and like what you're looking for, it sounds like in part is a little bit of validation and some support about like you're doing the right thing or keep at it. Oh, and you I think they're projecting like their parents not necessarily parents. Onto. I just think it's specifically, I think it's a thorny thing you were talking about with the person. Uh-huh. And so I think it makes the ghosting even more But if it is upsetting. But you but, see what I'm saying? Yes, I see. Yeah. I see what you're saying. But I'm saying, yeah. like, what if they are what if there is that kind of Freudian parental thing wrapped <laughs> up into it and the person ghosted them? Now it is like a ghosting from their own parents, if well, that makes sense. I get what you're saying. I think like, it's just, I think it's a double like, layer rejection. It's a both yes. rejection of both me as um person who wanted to share with you as well as a rejection of what i was sharing with you right because this wasn't a conversation that was just like you're cute and we should go on dates and we should be together that's one thing we were like okay this person didn't want me but you said you were talking about your hopes for yourself and what you want to do that you're afraid to pursue and how complicated that is and when you put that out there and it's not met with you know Fuck everybody. Do your thing. You know what I mean? Like when it's not met with like the cheerleading, I think it can make it extra hurtful. I think it's a different, it's, it's cause it's not just, Oh, this person didn't want to date me. It's like this person didn't support my dream or my trajectory. And I say that and the reason why I hesitate is because yes, it's also, a, it's a lot to also put on a person who you just met who doesn't know. Right. So that's the other thing about it too. It's like when to be vulnerable. I think that, you know, one thing, people say a lot you know it's like don't go to a hardware store for oranges if what you're looking for are these <laughs> connections it may not be with somebody you connect with on an app and are like come over in an hour they're probably not trying to come over for an emotional connection and so you you don't know that maybe it's a rim job and uh and, and a, heart job. <laughs> a rim job and a heart job you're right andy it could be both it could be both <laughs> But not weirder <laughs> things have happened, you know, exactly. It's true. <laughs> but I think you have to also pick, right? Like, it's like what it sounds like, you know, you want a connection is what I'm hearing, right? Is you want this connection. But as you said, you're afraid to do it. And maybe there's a sense of like, oh, well, maybe I can just connect to this person I just met who I know is going to leave because there's some idea of protection in that. 
but then as you've mm. seen it still feels bad even when it's somebody where it's a, where you think you know what the interaction is supposed to be or going to be it still feels bad when they don't meet you where you are or where you want to be so i think it's also about you know going forward and really and again i'm not saying don't hook up and don't do the apps like obviously do that have your fun i just think that you may also want to add something else into the mix <clears throat> oh my god my instrument <laughs> you may want to add something else into the mix when it comes to how you find people to connect with there just may be another way yeah i you know another thing that comes to mind uh, naomi is uh managing your own expectations mm, preach on it preach on it that, that's very healthy it's very healthy it's okay you know, if you want to scratch an itch, totally fine. Like, the, um, put the, put the, put the, sh um, put yourself in the other person's shoes. If that person just wanted to scratch an itch and they were met with something more vulnerable, more deep, then that person, and if that person doesn't want to deal with vulnerability, depth, mm -hmm. that's not, that's not on you, caller. That's on the person. Yes. Mm. So, so like, it's not really about you. You didn't do anything wrong, but if you're feeling bad because you think you did do something wrong, then maybe you, you need to manage your own expectations of what you thought the situation was supposed to be or how it was supposed to end. Yeah. Cause, and, and that, that, that's a, and, and managing your expectations is a healthy thing. Just like having boundaries is, mm -hmm. and, and maybe that's the other element of it too. Like maybe next time you, you reach out to someone and, and on the apps, you you create some healthy boundaries for yourself. So if you're going to pursue someone, you know you're going to pursue them because you want to scratch an itch or you want something a little deeper or maybe you want a combination of both. Mm -hmm. Over time, you could learn how to communicate in that way mm -hmm. so that your expectations are more likely to be met mm. or or more or you're more likely to maybe miss out on on those on those connections that aren't really going to connect because yeah. you were able yeah. to communicate it and you were, you, you knew like, Oh, all right. I know what I, I know what I want and I know what I'm not going to, you know, it's, it's, that's just being in your own body and, and being okay with where you're at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I also want to lastly just say this, that we tend to essentialize these things and say, there's something wrong about me. And this is piggybacking on what Vincent said. It's not about you necessarily, but it's about the the collective, you and this person that you're hooking up with or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's that thing that you've made together that didn't that wasn't right. right. Not you yourself or they themselves. Right. Yeah. I think it is that. And so if instead of like putting this on you, put it on that interaction. Yes. Yes. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. yes. Of course. Don't internalize it. As you said, don't essentialize it. And you know, again, like when to be vulnerable, I think it's like you know, again, just because I think I want to just make sure you feel like you're the actual fundamental question, which I think Vincent already answered, which was this thing of like, be vulnerable when it feels right and know that not everybody may match your pitch. And that's OK. I think it's, as you said, it's like both being you and not hiding you and being where you're at in that moment, but also coming in fully aware that everybody else is coming into that same moment with their own shit. And their own headspace and their own desires. And that if they can't match you, it's not because you're not enough. I mean, I'm the I'm like the queen of too vulnerable, honey. 
because I will come out. But I'll tell you this, over time, I've gotten a little bit, I've gotten better, certainly with age of like, even something as simple as like, I'll reach out to someone like when I'm feeling down, when I know I want to talk and I will text and I go, hey, are you free to talk? I'm not doing great. And that, for instance, is me saying to that person, I'm letting them know what kind of conversation they're getting into. I'm letting them know if they are available for that. Because there's some times where people are like, okay, like, because there's one thing when you call and you go, hey, exactly. <laughs> Vincent's like miming, like, gotta go. I'm on his watch. But it's so true. It's like you have to tell people so that they can meet you or not meet you. And then, I, mm-hmm. and then you don't feel necessarily rejected. You know what I'm saying? It's different like when you call yeah. somebody up in tears and then they're like, actually, I'm in the middle of a class. And then they just like have to hang up on you and the next thing you know, you feel yeah. embarrassed and you feel bad because your need wasn't met. You feel a rejection. Whereas I think if you can, you know, be upfront, manage the expectation without trying to control the other person, you're managing your expectation. You can, you can do what you need to do, which is be yourself without taking their response as... A reflection personally? of you. Personally, exactly. Yeah. No, that's a, that was a reflection of you. No, that was way better than personally. <laughs> well said. Caller, I hope you feel loved, caller. We got you. Absolutely. Oh, that seems like a got nice you. place to end. Vincent. 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 Vinny. Vincenzo. Vin. Thank you so much <laughs> for coming on the pod. You came here with an open heart. You understood the assignment. And we are grateful for you. Oh, and thank you. We'll see you all next time. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.